Welcome back to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. My name is Aaron. My name is Adam. And this week we're looking at episode four of season two of the 90s sitcom Keenan and Kel that aired on Nickelodeon. This episode is called Who Loves Orange Soda? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> aired in 97 along with the other stuff. <laughs> However... Um, did not air in the order that's listed on Wikipedia, which is worth noting. The order on Wikipedia is gravely different than the order on Amazon, which is how I'm watching it. Adam, of course, has the box set. How is it on the box set? What's the order there? Oh, it's the it's the Wikipedia order. Okay. Yeah, so um, apparently back in 1997, if there's any real listener, like true original <laughs> listeners out there, please send us an email at keenanandkelpodcast at gmail.com. But... <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They changed around the uh, air dates and the order numbers. Long story short, I ended up watching the wrong episode, which set our recording back <laughs> a day. So, but here we are. Well, we're here. We're here. We've we've all seen this one. And hey, you, you got to live like Adam for a week, which is just uh, watching random episodes of Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> if, even if I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast for a while. Yeah, I I have yet to do that. I must say, though, like sometimes when you do something like this, like a review podcast, it ends up being that you're like watching the show you like becomes a chore. Mm -hmm. I do not feel like that. I actually feel like, oh, I'm really lucky that I get to carve this chunk out of my day to watch this TV show. That's how I feel, at least. Yeah. And even with an episode like, like this one, that maybe wasn't as rewarding as the past couple few but I just seeing the progress that happens, like that's just like a, it's a progress bar, and I, I love watching that kind of thing. It's like like watching a plant grow. Yeah, that's yeah. You can see different aspects of the show kind of coming to life. Like we'll talk about it, but in this episode, there was a lot of different scenes, a lot of different sets, mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's really cool because that means the show is making a little bit of money. Yeah, I was very impressed by the sets of this episode. I, they felt very authentic, as as we'll get into. Yeah. And even if they borrowed them from another set, like whoever whoever is the that person who does that is doing great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's one other thing I want to point out before we get started with your intro. It's uh, that uh, this episode was written by Sharon Sussman and Burt Wheeler, who have who wrote one other episode of Keenan and Cal, the uh, the Cold War. Ah. So they're returning from season one. <coughs> yes, correct. The Cold War. <laughs> as I cough a couple times <laughs> so that, that's uh, and we'll, we'll see if any uh, there's anything to catch from that one I I don't think there is uh, not enough being around the bush let's start with your Dan Carlin style intro there's a lot of things that make human beings unique among the animal kingdom we're the only animals to walk upright most of the time the only ones who grow food and the only ones who put on deodorant but the underlying thing that sets us apart is our awareness we're an anomaly, really. Self-aware apes, fully present in the mammalian struggle for survival while conscious of our finitude. Though aware, we mostly try to avoid the reality of our unlikeliness in the universe. Awareness, in the end, leads us to recognize that we're going to die, and not many people find comfort in that, though some enlightened folks do. So we're running from this consciousness, trying ever so diligently and peacefully to fall back asleep, resting our heads on the certainties of life. 
we remind ourselves of our ancestors by spending time in nature and gazing at the stars. We long for a warm meal in the company of a partner. We strive for meaningful relationships with our neighbors and want to be included in this one human family. These are good things that don't just distract us from our imminent death, but they actually add to the quality of our lives, and we all know it. It's these relationships with the world, with our loved ones, with ourselves, that make this life meaningful. But sometimes, our life doesn't go as planned. Sometimes we develop bad habits, attachments that detract from our relationships, addictions that take control of our lives. Well, for about a thousand years, some humans have tried to solve the maladies of others by putting them into a trance trying to get them to fall back asleep again, back into their unconscious, into their subconscious, like a soft reset. This practice is known as hypnosis, and hypnotists have been helping patients overcome addictions through mesmerization for quite a while, with varied success and, of course, criticism along the way. Unfortunately, our good friend Kel Kimball has an addiction. In an attempt to break free from the confines of this orangey, bubbly goodness, Kel tries out hypnotism. But unfortunately, like for many around the world, this hypnotism doesn't go very well. It doesn't go as planned. Let's, uh, let's join Coolio and take a look at uh, Keenan and Kel. It doesn't start with the same bang that last week did with them like hammer timing on the stage. No, no, they're, they're more mellowed out. Um, <laughs> they're, they're wearing their, their two-tone outfits. And what I mean by two-tone is um, Keenan is wearing a denim jacket and denim pants um, and, like, a polo shirt that has the same color as denim and then, the like, the teal on top. Yeah. Um, and then Kel's two-tone look is he's wearing green, like, sweatpants, a green T-shirt, and then, like, a, almost like a, a must, like a yellow leather jacket. It looks like a like a trench coat or almost, but like made of leather. Yeah, or fake leather. Pleather, yes, absolutely. No cow is that color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we got two tone Keenan and Kel entering the stage to a roaring audience. Uh, Kel uh, is very quick to point out that he has an injury. This episode, and that was the one of the nice things like this one. That injury is persistent. It is consistent and, like, it carries out throughout the whole show. We're starting to see um, Keenan and Kel kind of, like, in this episode especially, they're kind of knowing that they're in a TV show. Yeah, there's some meta call-outs. Yeah, there's some meta call-outs. But then there's also this <laughs> this storyline of, like, Kel's ribs are hurting, mm-hmm. as we find out in this intro. And then that carries over into the episode. And Keenan is kind of like, oh, well, we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes. And it's, here, it's, here we go. We got this weird weird universe going where Keenan and Kel are both actors and characters at the same time. It, it's, it's a lot because it's like, all right, it is, does Kel Kimball have the Kel in front of the stage? Is, is it the same reason why he bruised his ribs that, that he uh, – uh, went bowling and, try- and forgot to let go of the ball. Which, if you've ever played Wii Bowling, can definitely happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, or if you do let go of the ball in Wii Bowling, it will circle around and Wiimote will hit you in the head. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> because oh, that was uncalled for. I was following all the rules. I had the wrist <laughs> strap on, and it slipped out of my hand. And yeah, maybe that's when you stopped uh, remembering things. <laughs> After yeah, you. Yeah, wanna- maybe I have more concussions than just the one. <laughs> 
Uh, so, oh, but uh, so Kel's not feeling under the weather because of his ribs, and he has an idea about a replacement Kel. <laughs> so Kel calls out his uh, his new friend, who is Murray. a great. He was a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> Murray, it's his name's Murray, mm-hmm. and he's like an eighty-year-old man. <laughs> Uh, 80-year-old white man. So <laughs> looks nothing like Cal. He's wearing a symbol. He's like the hat. He's got the hat. Yep. And I... So, <laughs> my first reflex was, uh, Murray is not a good actor. <laughs> but my second reflex is, what if Murray's like an audience poll? Ah. Like, they're like, alright, is there like an old man, like a grandpa here that wants to play Kel? That wants to do like the Kel bits? I like that. I like that theory. Yeah, because uh, what he does is very uh, doesn't. So he he does Kel's classic two catchphrases. Right. Uh, first, he explains uh, his emotions to orange soda. Right. Uh, Keenan asks, "Who loves orange soda?" And he says, "Murphy loves orange soda." Yeah. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Although he does, he does his own little <laughs> Murray thing. He goes, I do, I do, I do. And does this like, weird little tiptoe dance. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he also says, heavens, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he put, puts his own little Murray flavor on it. A little Murray flair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, when Keenan's not, not digging it, uh, he leaves by saying another Murray twist on the line. All right, here I go. <laughs> so, yeah, th- th- that makes me think that, like, all right, if this was in the script, Murray would have done a better job. <laughs> right, right. I think that that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the angle here. It's like supposed to be a bad actor, and Kel's <laughs> like, look at him, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he's also looks nothing like him. It, it, it's a good gag. Keenan, who is like, well, <laughs> Kel's ribs hurt. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play along. He doesn't want to act. Um, but I might have a solution. Is that what he says? A solution? Yeah, I, I think we're gonna get your ribs fixed up real nice. Yeah, yeah, something like for. yeah, exactly. Yeah, Keenan. <laughs> this is like um, it's like the ultimate uh, like character arc. Like Keenan's playing God here. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> he's man, deciding man what the versus is himself. Be. Yeah, yeah. Because no. <laughs> then he goes into the he, he soon enters into the doctor's office. Our first set. And he has no idea what has brought him there. Yeah, exactly. So we just have this confusing <laughs> dynamic. But nonetheless, here we are. We're in a doctor's office. This way, nutmeg. That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. And Cal says, I'm not a spice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which so is... the doctor's office, which I, I want to say, this is my favorite like solo Keenan scene of the season so far. Or maybe the whole show, like the the best comedy bits, because Cal is removed from this this moment, but Keenan does his own jokes. Yep, <laughs> all by himself. So Keenan is waiting alone in the room, and it's funny. There's just like a you know like a skeleton in the background, and like a classic doctor's office, right? Yeah. There's a tray that has all like the tools on it, tools that you would use for surgery, not just a <laughs> checkup, but it works great for this skit. And so Keenan's like, doesn't know what to do. He's pacing. He's anxious, waiting for Cal. He grabs like some tweezers, and like pulls like pulls a nose hair, and like you know, 
overreacts definitely. And then do you want do you want to explain the next part? He grabs the uh, the knee hammer. Is that the proper name for it? I don't know what the name for that is. <laughs> yeah, you know, a rubber hammer it's that that triangle that you hit to test your reflexes. Yep. And yet, without any words, he just kind of sits down, gives it a shot, uh, hits his uh, hits his right knee a couple times. It doesn't seem to be working. Hits his left knee. It works, but too well. His leg goes <laughs> shooting up and hits the tray off. The- <laughs> and just throws all these you like these metal tools all over the office. I-, I was laughing at that. That was pretty funny. It's a good gag. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, uh Cal has entered, uh, escorted by a nurse who in is in true like nurse regalia. I don't think they wear that ever. Uh, with the hat and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nowadays, like a full costume. It's just, it's just scrubs. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, she's definitely it's like a Halloween nurse. <laughs> pretty much. And she has a Halloween like prop shot later. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there, but you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um so anyways, Kel follows her and Kel says that he broke his ribs. Which uh she explains that no, they're not broken, probably just bruised. Keenan, after freaking out. Uh, like, you know, says, ah, Kel, you worried me for nothing and smacks him on his side. But unfortunately, that's his ribs, his bad spot this episode. Yep. Yep. So this is the first instance of, of course, Keenan didn't mean to, like, provoke Kel. But this is the first <laughs> of many provocative moments of Keenan this episode. His role is the provocateur. Yeah, I, I it, it, it's kind of a bad episode for Kel. <laughs> he kind of gets uh, toyed around a lot by Keenan and the rest of the cast. He's he's the victim. He's the victim to Keenan's God complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. got really into this. Uh, so Kel's doctor comes in. What you know? What his name is? Uh, I missed it. <laughs> doctor Goiter. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, the, they they had a, a the joke. This episode is that all the professions have like a crazy now name. <laughs> so Doctor Goiter. There's a lot of funny names in this episode, if you picked <laughs> oh, up yeah. on that. Yep, so that's the first one. Um, Dr. Goiter puts up Kel's x-ray on the expl- x-ray display before it was digital, <laughs> you know, and uh, and he freaks out. He's, like, taken aback because Kel's ribs are orange. <laughs> yes. Um, do, do you know how x-rays work? Yeah, not like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're black and white. <laughs> they're black and white. That's why it was so scary. Well, that's that's how that's just how supernatural Kel's uh, orange soda intake is. It turns <laughs> X-rays orange. Yeah, it's all over his. It's just like his left side of the torso, but whatever. I thought that was weird. That wasn't like paint filled in. <laughs> like it's just like kind of splattered on there. Yeah. Well, they tried. To, they did try to make this look like a realistic orange X-ray. Yeah. <laughs> For as realistic as I can get. The doctor is taken aback, like you said. It would take a, a very lot of... How much orange soda would it take to make that happen? Uh, five gallons a day? Yep, four to five gallons. <laughs> to which Kel replies, huh, what's your point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's clear to Kel that uh, his his orange soda consumption is not a problem. To everybody else, it's like, that. it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's it's very crazy. The scene is about to be over. The nurse enters with the shot, and it looks like a prop, like a pro, like a really bad prop. How big is that canister? Like a soup can? It's like, like a candle. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just 
big like maybe two two three inches in diameter it, it's massive no it's gnarly looking and then cal like runs away broken ribs and all well bruised ribs i should say yeah just bruised uh so we cut to rigby's i, I thought the transitions episode were really awesome the transitions were good what was this one <laughs> i do not remember this one cal runs out the door and then it's the x-ray that comes in and ah. then it breaks apart yeah symbolic yes. <laughs> of his his broken relationship with orange soda right now yep yep <laughs> so uh they enter rigby's which I, I thought this was a nice touch rigby's having an orange soda sale everything's orange this episode even cal's jacket <laughs> yeah it might be red but two for one uh, uh two orange soda bottles for one dollar is the sale so Ke- uh keenan is assisting cal inside and he ha- helps him lay down on the counter because he's in so much seething pain um meanwhile we should say that cal has like a bandage wrapped around his like midsection he's got his open shirt too yeah yeah open shirt yeah he's laying down and chris walks through the door holding a large box and he can't really see what's in front of him yep he puts it down on the counter which calls which is causing cal to freak out and uh the box falls and crashes and chris exclaims the contents and what's in the box adam my mango jellies his mango jellies yes on the side it says lulu's mango jelly which today if lululemon came out with a mango jelly (laughs) that would be like one of the greatest that'd be like elon musk's not a (laughs) flamethrower yeah just full fledged yeah but i i am i would love to try mango jelly it sounds really good yeah, you can apparently fit a lot of them in a box. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, Chris also says, uh, he does this several times throughout the episode, his new tick for this season, you be broke my jars. Yeah, he talks like a pirate. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and they they point out to him that uh, Keenan says, Kel's ribs are be bruised. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a language that they can only, it's the only way they can talk to Chris anymore. It's like, it's like that episode of The Office where Kel's trying to talk like a... He's trying to use less words. <laughs> he's like, yeah, right. Why use more word when less word do trick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Keenan um, uh, explains to Chris that Kel's insides are so orange. How orange are they? They're more orange than a Nickelodeon logo. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> You think it's awesome? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that line's great because I, I've watched a lot of Nickelodeon Monday, and I that's the only time I've ever heard a show reference the station. Nickelodeon, okay. Yeah, they're allowed to, right? Right. Oh, There's nothing yeah. stopping them, but they. Yeah, so that's. Uh, I, I thought that was. A, I, I thought it was a very good poll. Yeah, yeah. I. I okay. I have more appreciation for it now. Um, <laughs> I, I and initially I was like, well, that was like they're trying to be funny, and it's just whatever. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I want to point out something because you know I'm looking back at this, and um, the counter of Rigby's is so red, and I think it's like really nice. It's like a really good piece in the set. It kind of it, it it's like bright enough to catch your attention, but it also kind of serves as like a barrier between like um the the people maybe it's like the clerk standing behind the counter and the little kid who comes up and wants to buy candy and this is almost (laughs) symbolic of keenan and kel's relationship with growing up in adult life 
Yeah, I, I think it has something to do with uh, power, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Red's a power color, and the first mind they register has all the power. That's that's why when they get... They get uh, <laughs> that's why when Keenan and Kel get um, are harassed by the clown, they're pulled out in front of the counter, and oh. he goes behind there, demonstrating the shift of power. Shift of power? Yes. Yeah. If you want to get de- deep, we gotta gotta talk about the clown episode. <laughs> Oh, well, anyways, let's table this discussion for for next time, and let's talk about the crux of the episode because I don't want to run out of time. Yeah, no, uh, they uh, pretty soon Keenan and Kel uh, establish a a bet, a gentleman's bet about uh, how he Kel does not need orange soda in his life is what he proclaims. Yeah, this. This is, it becomes a typical conversation that you would have with somebody who's addicted to anything. Like, oh, I can, I can stop drinking orange soda whenever I want. It's like, I could just, uh, today, I could stop right now. And then it's like, okay, stop right now. And he's like, what? No. That's pretty much it. Uh, uh, what are the terms of the bet? The loser has to stand on the counter of Rigby's in the middle of the day wearing a lady's nightgown and sing the national anthem yes you have to perform a humiliating task and the uh, uh the terms are that kel cannot drink orange soda for one week yep and so if kel wins the bet then keenan sings and if kel loses then kel sings correct so they uh uh, they shake hands, and uh, Keenan recommends they drink to it. He gives them each a bottle of orange soda, to which Kel nearly drinks, but oh no, he's not falling for that one. Yep, and here is uh, the first of Keenan's devious like attempts to get Kel to drink orange soda. <laughs> yeah, this this middle part of the episode, it's kind of it's very repetitive in the fact well, that yeah. well, let, let's continue. Uh, we cut to dinner time at the Rockmores. This is my favorite scene. It's a great scene. It's my favorite scene. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So Roger is pulling steaks out of the oven. Um, first off, the transition is like um, cartoon orange soda being poured, which is, yeah, just figured yeah. I'd mention that. So he pours four steaks out of the oven, um, and, and Keenan and Kel walk in at the same time, and Roger says, I only made four steaks, Kel. Like, you, there's not enough for you. Or something like that. Yeah. And Kel replies, oh, good, you can have some of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just really like that, that comeback. Um, uh, Keenan also does a, 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 I believe it's a I Love Lucy reference. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> he comes in the door and he says, Lucy, I'm home. <laughs> as the as the husband of the show would do. Yep. Does he say Lucy? Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's his entrance. Uh, but yeah, uh, they are getting uh, drinks for everyone, and Cal is offered orange soda and refuses, which causes panic amongst the Rock Wars. Absolute panic. Yep, like people are dropping things. Kyra's running to the phone to call nine one one. Roger's yeah. like, like almost has a heart attack. <laughs> right. So uh, they explain that that they have a, a bet going on, and no one believes that Cal can hold up to his end of it. Especially not Roger. Roger instantly, like, of, it's no wonder why Keenan is the way he is. Roger instantly starts taunting Kel. He, like, grabs the, the bottle of orange soda out of the fridge and starts, like, 
almost doing like a an opera like yeah. uh, <laughs> rendition. I, I'm gonna give it my best take. Uh, look at me! I'm a man drinking orange soda. <laughs> He sounds like Frosty. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> when he gets all sing-song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. children. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Roger is just harassing Kel. Um, Kel's really not that happy about it. Yeah, Kyra tells her dad to stop, and Keenan uh, does the truly devious thing. So Keenan grabs the orange soda and says, Yeah, we don't want to tempt Kel, so why don't we just pour this orange soda out? And so he goes over to the sink and starts dumping the orange soda down the drain. To which Roger is laughing at <laughs> and cheering him on. That's like how much he doesn't like Kel. He's like, he just wants Kel to fail so yeah. badly. It, it's also, he, he's going to get his competence too, which is, which is nice. The power at least is equal in the Kel-Roger dynamic. Comeuppetence. <laughs> uh, that's what you guys start doing to my vocab words. That's what I'm doing. I just started. <laughs> okay. Well, this is about the time it starts on the show, too. Yep. Cal is uh, so upset about this, he storms off into the neighboring room. Uh, but not before Roger chants, Kel's going to lose a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the final part. Him and Keenan. Shannon Kel's gonna lose. So the earlier, the past scene where Keenan gives them both a bottle to drink out of to cheers, um, Kel ended that scene by saying to him, "Evil," and Keenan said, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> that that's the dynamic. This whole episode is Keenan's evil and, and knows it. It's like the Book of Job. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of literary metaphors here. It's like, it's like, God, how could you do that to this poor man? He's like, because he will not turn away from me. It's like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> That's yeah. like how Ke- Keenan's just like, ooh. Anyways. Um, a lot of Kel torture. I, I also want to say that I do not believe this episode is a very g- good one for kids. In that the message about addiction is not... <laughs> It's not like a Hey Arnold. No. <laughs> no, where you... There's like a good moral at the end. No. No, no it's... It's, there is no good moral. I wouldn't say Keenan and Kel is amoral, but this episode definitely is like, hey, kids. It's not a good subject matter. No. 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 <laughs> it doesn't handle it well. Other ones are definitely more moral, but yeah. There's another reason. There's another scene that is, makes this episode not good for kids. We'll talk to, <laughs> talk about that soon. Sure. Because I have a lot of opinions about that scene. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> well, uh, Kel goes into the other room. Keenan follows after with a new two liter, trying to get him to drink out of it. And uh, really just kind of puts it in his hand, pressures him to do it. And Kel... Nearly does, but then in a final, like, denial, says no, and throws the bottle away. He throws it right towards the this great door to the kitchen that we've been talking about for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. A new addition in the Rockmore household. And, uh, and yeah, Roger walks through the door, and the bottle hits him in the head <laughs> and throws him backwards into the kitchen. Yeah. In dramatic fashion. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, the, the one second he steps into the family room, he gets hit by a bottle. And then the next second, he's back in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm surprised, like, there's not enough Fantas out there who made that, um, a, uh, like a, a, a meme for 2020. Yeah, or a gift for 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bottle is 2020. Roger is us. 
warding <laughs> off the forces of evil. Kel is 2020. From God. No, it's like, what's happening in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> I think the writers are far more intelligent than we are giving them credit for. Clearly. Uh, they So, uh, this scene doesn't end with a... Uh, that's the biggest laugh of the scene, because they... Uh, the way they talk about the bet isn't super funny, in my opinion. Not a lot of laughs. It's just kind of them, like, mocking each other as they... Like, right now, they're ta uh, the scene ends with them taunting each other about, you're going to be singing the... You're going to be singing the National Anthem in your ladies' nightgown. Ooh, look at me. They're both just doing that back and forth for, like, a minute. But Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a Best Friends episode. It's like how Best Friends treat each other. K kind of. <laughs> well, I had a thought in this episode of... Uh, when Dan Schneider did it better, uh, and of course it's a Drake and Josh moment. Do you remember the uh, Drake and Josh episode that parallels this one? Oh, it's on. Yeah, I do. What? Uh, it involves a bet. I don't want to ruin it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's called the bet, and it's about uh, it, Drake bets that Josh can give up video games, and Josh oh, yeah, bets yeah, that yeah, Drake yeah, yeah. Oh, can give up like candy. A very impactful episode. <laughs> it's a better developed one than this one because I think. Uh, I think Drake and Josh does Drake versus Josh a lot better than Keenan and Kel does Keenan versus Kel. If that makes sense. Yeah, because they're such great friends. Yeah, absolutely. It, they work better to get. They, they cause more trouble when they're just together than apart. But that's the that's the wonder of it. Yeah, that's, that's why we tune in. So we go to the next scene. Keenan is entering his bedroom, um, wearing the <laughs> same style of green and white checkered shirt. As he was just wearing, except in pajama form. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like long sleeve and like like he's got pajama pants too. The transition here is a night is a nightgown, very fitting for this time of day. Yeah, yeah. They were just talking about the nightgown too. So there's your another parallel because uh, Cal is about to enter a secondary world where he uh, see, sees visions of <laughs> he's got nightmares <laughs> because of nightgown. Uh oh, well, okay, so. <laughs> Uh, Keenan uh, gives Kel a, uh, a bottle of orange soda in case he wants a night drink. And Kel's monologue here is something that, like, I, I wish I could, like, perform in, like, high school. <laughs> like, 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 if I was, like, doing like, an acting audition, I would come in with this material. Because <laughs> it's his, it's his you... own little, like, soliloquy <laughs> about orange soda and how he doesn't love it. You should put it in the episode. I I'll put the whole, uh, his whole, like, lines here, just himself. But the action, as you may see it, is he throws the bottle across the room in defeat, but sees it leaking, but then cuddles it and nurses it back to health.
It's literally like right out of Othello. <laughs> yeah. It's like throws the skull. No, I don't. Orange soda, a fig. Tis within ourselves that we are thus or thus. Yeah, that's pretty much what this is amounting to. Um, I like the camera angle here. The camera is on the ground, it looks like. Like, <laughs> oh, looking yeah. at the orange... But And then between Kel and the camera is the orange soda bottle. <laughs> it's it's good framing. It's very poetic. I, I think there's one of those la later in the episode, too. Uh, I'll, I'll point it out. Uh, but yeah, Kel goes to sleep and has dreams of orange soda. Uh, can you describe what happens in his dream? I can try my best. So... <laughs> <laughs> the, he, it's Kel, and he's greeted by Roger. Um, first off, it's it's clearly a dream because you know there's like a fog machine. Um, yeah. But Roger's wearing a white tuxedo with like an orange bow tie and an and like a yeah and maybe like an orange shirt too. And he basically <laughs> like greets Kel, and he says, "Orange jacuzzi." <laughs> yeah. And to which Kel replies, "Thank you, Rockmore." <laughs> I wish I just love that we called him Rockmore. It's it's so funny. Hey, yeah, he it's takes so off his good. he takes off his orange um orange uh, what do you call it? robe and like lowers himself into the carbonated goodness. Would you uh take go into an orange jacuzzi, a jacuzzi filled with orange soda? I would because um ever since I watched Patch Adams, I have always decided that if there was ever an opportunity to go into a large vat of food or drink I would do it <laughs> because in that movie uh, the woman the woman's dying wish is to go into a pool of spaghetti and uh, and, and Robin Williams makes that happen Wow. so yes the answer to your <laughs> inquiry is yes <laughs> I would have gone in so yeah that happens then Cal calls on his beverage boy uh, Keenan writes yeah, it's yeah. Keenan. And he, he doesn't he, his outfit isn't as spectacular. It's orange, but it's like a kind of it's like a Keenan outfit except all of his orange clothes at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he passes a uh, he's got a tray with one like orange soda drink on it. And passes yeah. it to Cal. Uh, we need we need to talk more about this scene. There's pillars in the background and like a, a black curtain and yeah. there's like this throne that is a orange soda jacuzzi. It's like in this marble that's lit, like elevated off the ground, and then like behind behind it is this like like massive like stone structure that's like seven feet tall with orange soda bottles stacked around it. Oh yeah, it's a pretty neat. I I think all the dreams like so far in the show have been real good. Yeah. Right? The, the the giant bag, the the ham room. It's it's almost like where they can get really creative and be almost cartoon like it, it it enters into that like kind of that that cartoony transition period that we usually see between scenes yep. is where all the dreams take place yeah oh maybe that's like yeah <laughs> that's a great a great point it's the veil between worlds yes <laughs> it, that, that's a that's, is that a giant curtain that they they walk that's behind exactly what i was thinking I really think this show is far deeper than people give it credit for. Like we're literally going into the underworld of of Kel's psyche. Like, well, I'll be honest. I did not think it was until like the clown episode. Now my whole perspective's turned around. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a fourth character in this dream uh, that we soon discover. 
This is the worst moment of Keenan and Kel ever. <laughs> it's it's bad. It, it starts things start to turn worse, and um, Mr. Rockmore says um, uh, he basically calls the orange monster, and the camera is like. It, the camera is like the orange monster, so it's like shaking back and forth, looking at Kel, and and Kel is like in the orange jacuzzi, like freaking out, and then it's like the the camera like gets really close to Kel, and it's like okay, they're just gonna like zoom out, and it's gonna be a dream. It's gonna be like the, him waking up, right, and mm-hmm. being attacked by this by this orange monster, but it's not. It's not. They sh- they zoom out and show this orange demon attacking <laughs> Kel, like ripping his soul out of his body in the orange soda jacuzzi. Yeah. It is terrifying. This it's got like it's like this orange monster. It's got these like like threads on it. Uh, it looks like a ghost with with like these um almost like these like rags hanging off of it. It's so scary. <laughs> And it's like yeah. jumping on him and and then drowning him and like yeah. punching him into and Keenan and Mr. Rockmore are laughing. Uh they're just really it's terrible. Uh, very it's out of tone so with the rest bad. of the, the episode. It's so bad. Out of tone with with everything. It's just like what's happening? Uh yeah, I I, I the audience was loving it. So it must have been funny to them. I hope so. I mean, this is just like it was just rough. Yeah, I, I, the the show never gets this crazy ever again, and I don't think. <laughs> just the it's no, the it, true it, it peak. Just, it just accelerated so much. <laughs> it was just a normal dream, and then it was like, oh, the orange monster, and it's just this soul sucking demon trying to drown <laughs> Kel. Yeah, he he wakes up screaming from this dream. Uh, and uh, he, uh, the two liter is ne- is empty next to him, and you see a bunch of it spilled out on his chest. Yep. So this is the two liter that he threw on the ground, which had started leaking. The orange soda bottle starts leaking, and then Kel grabs a blanket and is like trying to like like comfort it before he <laughs> it, goes it's to bed. Dying time. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to be like, no, 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 it's gonna be okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's then, the monologue. You know, <laughs> that, that's how it you ends. You know the rest. Right. 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 <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, uh, Keenan's woken up, he sees that Cal has spilled orange soda onto himself, uh, but he thinks that Cal's dr- drank it, so he does a test. Now, what's his test? He gets a large, one of those big flashlights that isn't that bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing is very bright, were they? No, and he shines it on, uh, Cal's tongue. Which, which Cal's really, like... For someone that wants to prove himself innocent, is really defensive about getting his tongue grabbed. Yeah. Well, it's a weird thing for somebody to do. Oh, yeah. Especially in the middle of the night. He just woke up from a nightmare. A real nightmare. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, that was terrifying. That was a nightmare for Nickelodeon. <laughs> just, like, what kind of episode is this? We're, we're, like, talking about addictions. We're talking about or harassing addicts who have nightmares. <laughs> Of demons sucking their, like, drowning them? Yeah, like, I'll be honest. What is going on? The orange soda demon? The second half of this episode could have been totally different. Like, it could have been, like, a really good, like, recovery story. Yeah. And, uh, but it, they, they go, once again, entirely out of left field with it. But uh, to end the scene, uh, Keenan uh, sees that Kel's tongue is not orange. 
Kel gloats about having survived a day, but he's still got six more. Uh, next scene, we go to Rigby's. We've skipped a, a day, and or two days, and now Keenan is setting up the orange soda display, and it's made known that Kel has been orange soda free for three days. <laughs> and he is extremely twitchy. Yeah, uh, twitchy uh, withdrawal, like all of the, yeah, all of the things that you would see from somebody who goes cold turkey. Yeah, he's standing there just uh, with a blank stare on his face and just shuddering. Yep. Uh, Chris has a lot of sympathy for him. He does, for some odd reason. Yeah, I don't, he, it's weird because Chris would probably be the most vindictive if you ask me. Because Kel has his Kel's orange soda antics have cost him a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it was maybe it goes back to that <laughs> Christmas night ride home that that uh, Chris off. What is it? Chris offered Kel or whatever. Chris offered um, Kel a ride home. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they, ever since then, they're, they're secretly best buds. Maybe secretly. Um, anyways, we like cut back to Kel and he's sucking on an orange. Yeah. And he says, you're not orange soda. And he launches it. Knocks over a bunch of stuff in the in the fridge. Yeah. And still, uh, Chris doesn't like, isn't mad. He's more concerned with him. Uh, so much so that he gives him uh, some medical advice. He basically suggests that Cal should go see his hypnotist, Dr. Vermin. <laughs> yep. That's not one of those funny names. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, Dr. Vermin previously cured Chris of a fear of his. Do you know fear that was? Sandwiches. Yes. I wonder if he also cured him of his, uh, uh fear of giant bunnies. It's possible, though I think that was more an allusion to, uh, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and secretly this whole time, Chris does have a, uh, giant bunny following him around in his <laughs> mind. <laughs> I, I do have one other uh, I have a theory for you uh, <laughs> okay do you recall the first episode that Chris had a uh, twitch that he yep. uh, that went, I think he, the hypnotist cured him of his twitch oh I think you're right yeah That. how else can you explain him getting rid of it yeah also uh, so uh, again back to the bad message for kids <laughs> uh, hypnotism is treated in this episode as a like something that you can use to just cure your behaviors and habits, or or totally change your behaviors. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so it's not that, that's not a very good message. I I don't think. No, I mean the, the hypnotist isn't especially competent, but we'll get there. Um, yes. Anyways, hypnotism is the cure, and Cal's like, oh, I'll go right now. So he leaves. Keenan follows him out the door, and Chris is like, hey, Keenan, you have work to do. No, thank and you. Keenan responds, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, again, Which, he was a fine employee in season one. Season two, he's kind of a bad employee. Yeah, but Chris still, Chris is still, like, friends with him, so he's not going to get, like, you know, fired. Yeah, Chris is very forgiving. Very forgiving, very empathetic in this scene, this episode. Absolutely. Chris has many different personalities. Maybe Chris has multiple personalities disorder. <laughs> It might be possible. Well, it, this is the team that wrote Chris as a germaphobe. So I, I think it's very interesting that they... He's a germaphobe in some seasons, and some seasons he's totally, you know, uh, 
uh, totally likable. There's a lot going on with Chris. I think I think he might have different different personalities, <laughs> which would explain the giant bunny. That that would the schizo the schizophrenia, right? Well, he certainly has mommy issues. I'm, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> They're building on this theory. Well, let, let's let's put that in the talk about later column as well as the deeper meaning of the show. Because okay. we have, we've got a whole... A, criti- a critical analysis of Keenan and Kel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that essay one day. Yeah. Let's, so they go into uh, another awesome set, the uh, waiting room. Again, just yep. a moment, but it, I got all the vibes of our... A childhood doctor waiting room, right? Yep, yep. We got the wallpaper. We got the the couches and the magazines. You got the old magazines. Yeah. We got the random p- paintings or, or pictures and and the lamps. The window. They go to yeah, so a big window. Kel gets a clipboard. That he's filling out. That's that's familiar, and uh, they learn about the other patients that's there. Well, her name is Miss Feltersall. And her dog's name is Dustin. Yeah. Did you like that name? I, I know you're a fan of dogs with hum- like way too human names. <laughs> Am I? Or was it just that one really bad sci-fi movie where the yeah. lady's dog's name was Jeffrey? That's the one I'm thinking <laughs> the chihuahua. of. Chihuahua. <laughs> Which is a great, great name for a, a chihuahua. Oh, well, so yeah, uh, what's Dustin's problem? So Dustin is supposed to be an attack dog, but it's a um, s- sidebar. It's like a Shih Tzu almost, like a small dog. But she yeah. says like, "Oh, he's he's supposed to be an attack dog, but all he does is lie around all day." So instead of like going to get him trained by a professional trainer and treated by a veterinarian who could explain his lethargy, she goes to a hypnotist, which just lethargy. Go for it, lady. <laughs> nice nice one yeah so they uh uh yeah no you're right you, a dog trainer should be involved here you can't just hypnotize <laughs> them away all your problems <laughs> whether or not okay so i'm i think hypnotism definitely is like real to an extent like i don't know about stage hypnotist but like i've well like suggestive there's something there yeah there's something there in like the human mind and that that like the hypnotic like like there is a something there all right medical medically effective i don't know um effective for animals like okay all right i've seen things where like people like mesmerize a chicken by like making it like stare at one point for a while same thing with snakes snake charming is kind of a hypnotism but a chicken a chicken that understands english yeah, no. Be more aggressive. It's like, no. Be more aggr- Yeah, j- just words, not behaviors or anything like that. So, uh, a nurse, maybe the same nurse from earlier, I I couldn't tell, uh, but escorts the two of them back into their own separate rooms, and she hangs their individual, uh, their individual uh, clipboards on, like, the front door for each space. Uh, Cal and Dustin. Then, a- as she leaves frame, something happens. Uh, Keenan like sneaks onto the scene and he like mischievously switches the clipboards and then dashes away. Yeah, he, he laughs to himself. And yeah, and we, we leave the uh the the hallway the doctor hallway 
set, which only like like again thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, a whole new set for thirty seconds. Yeah, uh, and we enter another set for like a minute, which is the uh, the hypnotist office. Yeah. Which is, so, um, can I describe it for us? Oh, you can describe <laughs> it. Uh, he's got all kinds of <laughs> more weird paintings. I, I want to say there's like an owl statue in there. That's like that's like a it's like a real office you know like a i'm talking about like a psychologist it's like a real psychologist office you know it's like a especially like in chicago that they must make a lot of money to have that kind of uh like property like big big wooden desk and and stuff like that yeah 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 uh so uh apparently the doctor uh dr vermin uh comes into the room and immediately addresses cal as dustin yep and Kel's like, I'm not Dustin, and the hypnotist kind of sh- like tells him to shush. Um, and before, which is bad, just awful, awful. Um, again, this guy not a real doctor. Any hypnotist, hypnotist is not a real doctor. Um, not like a medical doctor. Uh, so I don't know why they have to fill out like forms. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's some forms involved. I don't want to dishypnotist out there. Um, if you're a hypnotist, especially if you're a hypnotist from Dansville, Virginia, please continue watching this show. <laughs> Where all of our listeners are from. What's next? Okay, but before long, he pulls out. Yeah, uh, he, he pulls out the two staples of the profession, right? He right. pulls out like a watch and a, uh, a a giant spinning black and white wheel. Yep. Yeah, with like the swirls and yeah. Yeah, he, he tells Kel his new like trigger phrases. Uh, for what being more aggressive. Yep. Every time he hears a bell, he will be ferocious, fearless, ferocious. Yeah. I, I want to say this is this is would be bad hypnotism for the attack dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the, the attack. There's not going to be a bell to trigger the attack dog. Well, I mean. From what happens in in the next scene, every time the phone rings, uh, yeah, that, that'd be terrible. A certain individual becomes aggressive. That is not what you want. You want like no. a call word where you say attack. Especially every, especially this as, as specific as this hypnotism is. You don't want like every time your doorbell rings, your dog to go insane. Yeah, that's exactly what we're leading up to. <laughs> and violence. But anyways, um, so. Pretty bad hypnotism. Uh, pretty unprofessional, Doctor Vermin. <laughs> and uh, Cal gets a uh, he, he gets entranced. Yep. And we have a a, a hypnot- hypnotic uh, transition to the next scene. Back at Rigby's. We're back at Rigby's, and our our favorite character, Mrs. <laughs> Ethel Quagmire, returns, um, and she asks for nine jars of mayonnaise, extra chunky. I I refuse to believe that this is that's the scene is canonically um, after the last Ethel Quagmire in the lottery. <laughs> I I I have to imagine the lottery is her like final moment because that's her last scene in the in the show. This right. is her last episode. Right. So so she becomes a millionaire. Um, uh, but before, uh, but this, this clearly happened before then. She was just a regular patron getting chunky mayonnaise yep who needed change for a dollar as chris and keenan head to the back of the store kel gets that change for her out of that that classic cash register 
known for one thing. The bell. The ding. The ding. The cash register bell turns Kel into a feral state. Kel chases, uh, he gets down on all fours and chases Miss Quagmire around the store in a terrifying manner. Uh, the phone rings, which snaps him out of it. Uh, and uh, he's just acting normal. He has not realized anything has changed, and Ethel Quagmire is uh, absolutely terrified and wants to leave. Yeah, so uh, Keenan and Chris come back with their nine jars of mayonnaise for her. Keenan's carrying one. Chris is carrying eight, uh, which is just kind of funny. And and yeah, she, that's a fun gag. And he, she, they're like, "Here's your mayonnaise," and she's like, "I don't want your mayonnaise, you crazy people," or something like that. Yeah, she leaves in a huff. So they think it's weird, and they bring the mayonnaise to the back. Again, Keenan only carrying one, Chris eight. In walks a... a, a this, is a this is a fun bit, I thought. <laughs> um, a band, a young band from uh, Brimfield Elementary with their band... I, I got Grimfield. Okay, one of those, <laughs> Elementary, uh, with their band instructor, who's, their bus broke down. So she's asking if she can use their phone. To call a cab, yeah. Kel uh, is out here and he has a, a really great interaction with the kid. It's my favorite moment of the episode. Yep. So the kid is holding a trumpet. Yeah. And Kel says, uh, you play the trumpet? And he's like, no, I use it to make toast. <laughs> That's not how he says it. Okay, go he ahead. Says, no, I just use this to make toast. Yeah. He's like a classic, like, <laughs> oh, uh, a child who is, like, given a line to say, and he's like, okay, how do I say it? He probably had, like, eight takes, but <laughs> it was funny. The, the, uh, the, he goes around the other kids' instruments, and one of them has a triangle. Gives it a ding, and uh-oh, that sets Kel off again. Back in aggressive mode, he starts chasing all the kids around and, um, and, and the band instructor, and... They are freaking out. I, I, I want to say something about Kel's um, rampage through the store. I, he also, like, he's, like, you know, uh, biting on her, like, skirt as she's like, run, children! <laughs> and, uh, but uh, for the third episode in a row, Kel uh, <laughs> destroys that, that stand in the middle <laughs> of the... <laughs> it's bottles of orange soda this time, but he circles around... And bump and crashes into it, sending the display everywhere. It's almost like there wasn't a display there, and then they put one in so that it could get knocked over all the time. Yeah, well, clearly they're they're not used to one being there, so they just constantly are bumping into it. It's possible. Yeah, Kel leaps through it, causes a big mess, and uh, the phone rings, which snaps him out of it. And they soon discover that well, they discover that the phone will do it. But most importantly, uh, Keenan has caught on that he's behaving like a dog, and he lays a trap. What's the trap? So he basically makes Kel into a, a dog, and then he puts orange soda into a dog bowl and puts it on the counter, and Kel jumps up and starts drinking yep, it. starts lapping up like a dog. Losing. Instantly losing the bet. Yes. Uh, the phone rings a couple more times, and they realize that, well, <laughs> Chris answers it, and he shouts, <laughs> Call back later! Yep. <laughs> uh, the earlier phone that rang, Cal uh, Keenan answered. I just want to say that he explained that Rigby is closed at eight. He did say that. Which we learned in the lottery episode. Yep. Very good continuity. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, 
Chris is flabbergasted at um, Kel's transformations. And he says, you just turned into a big crazed dog. But crazed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he doesn't remember what's been happening. And Keenan explains his ruse. And basically what happens from here is they're like, well, what? Well, I got tricked. And Keenan's like, yeah, but you lost. And they're like, we should let Chris decide about who is the one who stands and sings the national anthem on the counter. And Chris is like, Hmm. And cut to Rigby's, filled with his maximum capacity of 15 people. <laughs> per fire code. <laughs> per fire code, everyone's standing and looking at Keenan and Kel in robes on the counter. That red counter. The red counter. Uh, so, it's a, it's a divide of power, and if you're standing on top of it, then you have no power left. You're powerless. Ah, you're like in, in power limbo. <laughs> Yeah, in power limbo, just it, uh, about to achieve shame as they uh, uh, take out, reveal their women's nightgowns and start singing. Yep, yep. It's like there was a, a picture of, of Trump recently where he was sitting down and everybody else was standing up. It's like, and, and it's like, he does this to make himself look more powerful. Well, it's like the op. It's like, what if Trump was standing on the table in that picture? Like how 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 much ultimate power? <laughs> no, it'd be the opposite. The ultimate make, shame. Out, ultimate yeah. shame and make him feel like a fool. <laughs> Could you imagine a picture like that? <laughs> He's like standing above <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's the scenario, and they, boy, oh boy uh, that's the end of our episode. Yep. Uh. The the we can go over this this ending end cap real quick here, but yep. uh, Cal uh, Keenan continues to abuse his now mentally like altered friend with uh, the triangle uh, to make him turn into a dog, and he runs into the audience, and it looks like the audience is having a blast when he goes up there. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been fun in the moment. Uh, the, some kids are, like, cheering and pointing at the camera. Uh, but they, they come back and Cal, uh, yeah. He l raises his leg. Yeah, he like, to pee, to pee on Keenan. Keenan snaps him out of it. Um, and Keenan says, all right, Cal, I need you to grab an electric toothbrush, a turtle, and meet me in St. Louis. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yep. Basically turns Cal back into a dog and who runs off the stage. Yep, it's uh, and that's the episode. That's the episode. I like to revise one of our segments into uh, whose fault is it? <laughs> into do you think that do you think that both of them deserve to <laughs> sing the national anthem? Um, no, I think Keenan should. <laughs> Keenan abused yeah. uh, somebody who has an addiction this entire episode, <laughs> teasing them, taunting them, and making them feel bad about about. <laughs> Using a substance to their pleasure. Um, that is... It ultimately making them cave. It is Keenan's fault. Keenan <laughs> is to blame. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This, this episode's all Keenan's fault. <laughs> so that's uh, that, that's sorted out. Uh, and, yeah, a bunch of some damage done to Rigby. Some, some orange soda bottles destroyed. Some drank. And uh, I, I, I want to say that this is a... I, episode is very mean to Kel, and I, I feel bad about that. Yeah. As do I. Anything else you want? Any other final thoughts about this episode on your end? Um. Yeah, you know, it kind of fell apart at the end, as some episodes do. 
Um, I thought the dog gag was pretty, like, dumb, honestly. Um, <laughs> it just didn't really do it for me. Uh, I, I did, I do appreciate these episodes more, like, when we talk about them. So, the episode isn't as bad as I initially thought, but it's still n- probably not going to have a high rating for me. Yeah, uh, I, this is one that, it definitely, like, worsened over time. Because I remember watching this as a kid. I remember showing this to people, like, later on I had the DVDs. Now when I look back, it's... I don't think it, it's a very good spirited episode. I no. mean, it's it's too mean to Kel, the and you know it it again. It's be a great opportunity to explore his addiction and his orange soda fixation, and we kind of don't do that. We instead do a goofy, bad hypnotism plot. Yep, yep. So, not not, not super great for me. But uh, okay, let's let's talk about before we get into our ratings. Let's look at the 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 big ones. <laughs> so, uh, on IMDb. This episode is given a uh, a, a seven point two, ranked forty seven out of sixty three. That's that's pretty low. Not very yeah. low, but low. Yeah. Um, out of ten bottles of orange soda, how many would you give to Who Loves Orange Soda? I would give it a six. Hmm. I see. I see the potential for a seven, but I don't want to give it a seven because I think I was left a little like unsatisfied at this episode. Um, it did a lot of things right, but uh, I think I'm good with six. Yeah, uh, six is going to be the same for me. Uh, I, I was looking through my other ratings, and it's like, you know, Safe and Sorry is like a five. It's not that bad. Uh, it's more in line with, like, the pilots and... Uh, yeah. In, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what I thought. Six. You were about to say uh, in the line better of than Keenan. Average. You were about to say uh, it. You were about to say in the line of Keenan, <laughs> and I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I, I've learned my lesson. Uh, I'm gonna lower that, that to a three. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we didn't love Who Loves Orange Soda, but uh, maybe the next next week's episode will do it do us a little better. How do you think this episode stacks up against uh, the Cold War, the other Sharon and Bird episode? I, it's definitely lower, right? Definitely lower. Um, I think they tried to do they tried to recreate the Cold War with this episode. And it just didn't really work. Mm. They tried to like pull out all the stops, make all the cool sets, and they just yeah, they, they messed with the formula. <laughs> they changed the formula. Yeah, there wasn't enough Keenan and Kel like improv, you know, like that slapstick stuff that we love when they're just having a good time in the episode and like cracking up. Wasn't enough of that for me. Um, next episode, haven't got time for the paint. Um, we have <laughs> yeah. our our dream team of. Kevin Heath and Dan Schneider directing this episode, which was released November eighth of nineteen ninety-seven. This title is so long. <laughs> Look at that! It's like six words. Yep, it's a full sentence, and it still is trying to be like witty. So uh, join us next week when we get to the painting episode. Until next time, Fantas. Aw, here it goes. Thank you for listening. You can send us an email at keenancalpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash keenancalpodcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at keenancalpodcast. 